This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Oh my gosh, look at us moving on up. Our second remote episode in a row. Hopefully slightly better quality this time. Hopefully, and also hopefully never again. (laughs) (laughs) We're living, laughing, and learning. Um, And one of the things we're learning is that we never want to record remotely again. It's just not how these girlies work. Even if there's a deadlier pandemic that happens and we all have to quarantine again because it's like a flesh-eating virus, um, I'm going to be sitting in Elisa's bedroom recording this podcast with you. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then we'll all die together. And then we'll all die together doing what we love. Like that um, scene in Cabin Fever when she shaved her legs (laughs) and her skin comes right off. Yes. Mistakes. Ow. This intro is for who now? Oh, that's what I was literally just about to ask you. Okay. Who should who should we release this? <laughs> who should be the We're releasing a guest episode this we ep- are. Um Should we do Raven? Yeah, let's do Raven. Right. That's Sar Acid Bath Princess of the Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so Acid Bath Princess of the Darkness. We are bringing her to you this week. Um, yeah, known meme and um, internet icon, Raven Acid Bath, Princess of the Darkness. You were on the internet in the 2010s, early 2010s. You know who this is. Yeah. Hey, so I'm Raven, your Acid Bath, Princess of the Darkness. And I'm Tara. And we're sitting here in Tara's room, rocking out to MCR and celebrating 2009 or the new year, which we don't really understand why people are making such a big deal about it, because really, one more year is one more year that everyone's closer to death. Um, absolute treasure. Um, you may know her as Raven Acid Bath, Princess of the Darkness. You may know her as um, Petra mistress petra hunter um i'm very excited by um just like how candid and open she was about being um a dominatrix and a sex worker and being um in such a like vulnerable position of being a meme i feel like that's something that people don't really understand that these people are real people who can like see what you're saying about them and she really eloquently goes into all that um and uh, she's got like a really funny Twitter and TikTok now that you can follow um, called Raven is a, at Raven is a poser. I think also Instagram where she um, that's where she came clean about 
claiming, because for a long time it was a mystery who these girlies were in um, those iconic videos and people were trying to hunt them down and find where they are now. And she talks about how and why she came forward and said it was her. And part of it is because she was almost doxxed, which is kind of fucked up. It's definitely Um, one of my favorite episodes we have recorded. Same. She's absolutely a dream and is incredible. Um, And yeah. I'm hoping to bring some weather with me back to New York to really jumpstart hot girl summer. Now that bars and clubs are going to be opening back <laughs> I could scream. Oh um, god. I feel like you've already been like um uh what's it called when you can sit one place and your brain goes somewhere else? What is uh-huh. that called? Oh, astral projecting. Astral you've been astral projecting good weather here already. It's already oh, really nice out. Yeah. Great. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been sitting by the pool with my eyes closed being like send it to fucking New York. <laughs> Well, and we've all we all appreciate it. It's it's kind of rainy here, but when it's not rainy, it's really nice. And even when it's raining, it's not cold anymore. And oh. that's what I really care about. I don't even mind if it's raining as long as it's not cold. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I in fact I really like that it's raining because that means it's gonna be so lush and beautiful this summer. Mm, true. Oh yeah. my god. I'm so um, excited. <laughs> same. I'm also really excited for um you to be back i feel like this is the longest chunk of time we've gone without like really sitting down and doing like a proper best mistakes recording session like we've recorded the little intros we recorded that like oscars episode but for the listeners the way we normally record is like we record a couple of episodes back to back and then it's the intros that we record every week we haven't sat down and recorded like two or three episodes in a while in a while and i i honestly miss it sometimes it feels like homework and i dread it a little bit but it's Same. always fun once we do it but right now i i actively want to be doing it <laughs> it's like bumming me out <laughs> i keep thinking of mistakes i want to do and i'm like when is nika gonna be back well darling i'll be back on wednesday and i'm not going anywhere again until june 5th then hopefully you are coming with me mm-hmm. so yeah no i'm excited i mean i just looked at um, when I got to Rhode Island. So I've been on vacation since uh, <laughs> like mid-April. It's almost <laughs> a month of vacation, which has been great, but I'm like ready to be back in my little life in New York. I love when my girlies are exhausted from vacationing <laughs> too hard for too long. Seriously. Like, oh, I just got to get back to the grind. I'm so exhausted from all this relaxing and having fun. No, literally. People I love. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm I, so tired from tanning by my mom's pool for 12 hours a day. It's exhausting. Simply exhausting. I mean, it's funny, like this week I've, or this past week, today is the first day that I felt like, oh, I want to like do things. Like I want to, I want to do my to-do list, you know, I still haven't really done it, (laughs) but I want to, and that's what matters. Um, And I'm like, why is it that I go on vacation for a week and then I need a week to recover from vacation? Like that doesn't, (laughs) 
<laughs> that doesn't, wasn't that what vacation was, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then you have to, you know, then you have to recover from being in vacation mode because then you have to get back to real life mode. Yeah. Yeah. It, what, this conversation has very big. So you have your cousins and then you have your first cousins, <laughs> that energy, you know? <laughs> Truly. That's not right. Is it? That's Honey, so that is not right. so not right. <laughs> Very bad. Hey, Seth. I think his name is Seth. Yeah, it is. Okay. Remember yeah. when we were quoting that, we couldn't remember what Karen's cousin's name was? I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's our favorite Mean Girls quote at the moment. We keep circling back to Karen's justifying... Um, it's so good. ...hooking up with her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's how I'm, that's how I know I'm more millennial than I am Gen Z is how I will never stop quoting Mean Girls. You can't. Yeah. I mean, Kiwi has never seen Mean Girls. So Kiwi is Gen Z. This is our dear Gen Z friend. That's like a real Gen Z. He's only one year younger than me though. It's enough of a cutoff, I guess. (laughs) You know, I guess so. He tries to blame it on being from another country, but I don't buy that shit. I sort of feel like that's why. There's but, a lot of people that are a year younger than me that have seen Mean Girls. Hey, listeners at the pod, I know that some of you are exactly one year younger than me. Uh, if you were born in 1997, let us know. Have you seen Mean Girls? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Because we were young when it came out. I and mean, I was like, yeah. two, it came out 2003, so I was nine. Yeah, I think it came out 2004, but either way, oh, yeah, okay. that age. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was eight when it came out. Um or just turning eight or like what, you know, that yeah. general time. And I remember because Lindsay Lohan was in it, my parents let me see it. And I think that was kind of, I think that's why Mean Girls is so iconic for our generation is because it's like the raunchiest comedy a lot of us saw that young true, true, because true, true. Lindsay Lohan was in it. And up until that point, she was a trusted face for our parents yes. to kind of sit us right in front of the TV when her face was on it. <laughs> and then she did Mean Girls completely blindsiding everybody and uh, they were like, oh, this is like a lot of incest and sex jokes for my eight-year-old. <laughs> my mom was, uh, speaking of Mean Girls, my mom was asking me in the pool the other night because I was telling her that I, like how I, you know, I was like, you know, like, yeah, being queer is cool. Like I make out with my friends now and I'm on Molly and like, it's like fun, <laughs> but like, we don't want to like date. We just like make out. And she was like, have you and Anya ever made out? And I was like, no. And she was like, do you think you would? And I was like, no. I was like, we were all on Molly while we were camping. And like me and Anya were making out with other people. And there was a moment where I was like looking at Anya and I was like, do I want to make out with her? And then I was like, no, I just want to watch her make out with other people. My mom was like, that sounds like Damien and Janice at the end when they both kiss each other. And they're like, yeah, never mind. Oh my God. We are 100% Damien. <laughs> and Janice that is so funny that is so because like our like mantra is kiss your friends on the mouth but we refuse to do it to each other (laughs) we're like kiss your friends on the mouth it's no big deal and people are like how about you two and we're like ew what are you talking about (laughs) no freak so you have your friends and then you have your first friends (laughs) that is so not right is it honey You can't can't kiss the friends on the mouth that you like leave parties with to go like come down from drugs and watch a true crime documentary with. No, because then you're dating. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. That's like, yeah, there is like a fine line. There's a fine line of um, like emotional intimacy plus making out that 
Now you're just dating. But when we first met, we did think we were going to hook up. At some well, point. I thought we were going to hook up. I didn't know what you thought. I mean, I thought that we were going to hook up when we did acid for the first time. But when I do acid, I think that I'm going to hook up with everybody. Like, when I'm on acid, I, I'm like, anybody could fuck me. Yeah, I mean, same. That's why I made out with everybody when I was on acid in the woods. Yeah. Everyone's also, like, just- I don't make out with people on acid. I wait until I'm on Molly and I'm like, oh, once acid <laughs> is happening, once acid is coursing through my system, it's it's makeout time. You also pronto. had that like, little Viking man bun going on last summer and we were talking about true blood. <laughs> so you just were like looking a little bit like more masked than usual <laughs> to me while I was on acid. Uh-huh. And I think that's what made me think like, if we hooked up, I would. <laughs> so you're saying I'm too I'm too femme for you now? No, not I, at all. We're just way too <laughs> close now. I wanted to hook up with you when we hung out for the first. Not it wasn't the first time we had hung out, but when we like hung out in Maria Herm- Hernandez yeah. Park last year, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna um, hook up with this person, and then we became best friends like That's within so a matter of days yeah. and i was like well we'll see um and then yeah the rest is her story you know we just <laughs> we've never hooked up nevertheless she persisted so. <laughs> um yeah i love i love the way we love <laughs> each other um, yeah, i love the way we love each other and um have not kissed the same Ugh. No matter how many people try to take us like Barbie dolls and say, now kiss. It's like we're magnets that are like... No, seriously, of- <laughs> that's what it feels like. We're like... <laughs> <laughs> we're like pushed apart. It's like a and, then, and everyone's like, but wait, but you love... Like you both make out with all of your friends. And we're like, yeah, and... <laughs> It's my best friend. So you have your friends, then you have your <laughs> best friends. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, how do we do our podcast again? Mistakes. Keepsakes. And hot takes. Is yes. it time? It's time. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. This is probably the most we've ever probably like updated each other on our week. On this podcast, I feel like uh, normally I know a lot more about how your week went. I feel like I know what your keepsake is going to be, but I don't know anything else. All right. Um, but well. <laughs> do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first. Um, well, I have two keepsakes. I know okay. I'm cheating, but well, <laughs> the first keepsake was that I had like a really cute night um, swimming at night with my mom in her pool. And having, like, a very nice, long conversation about, like, my childhood and then, like, adult stuff, like, sex and intimacy and womanhood and all that fun stuff. And that was really sweet um, because I don't see her that often because she lives in Florida. Um, And then my other keepsake is that I hooked up with someone and I got eaten out on the beach. (laughs) That's what I thought it would be. Under the stars, no less. Under the stars while a heat storm to my right was raging on and then shooting stars to my, like, left up in the sky were shooting by. Um, That was really hot. (laughs) Um, And also I, like, had a dress on, like, my, like, jean jumper dress that has buttons. So all I had to do was unbutton, like, two Oh my it's like God, very hot, so hot having like my little dress on while someone was really going for it. It's um, your A24 movie and we're all just living in it. Seriously, darling. that's how I felt. I came and I was like, <laughs> okay, A24, who made this happen? <laughs> and can Emily Blunt circa sunshine cleaning play me, please? Um, <laughs> what is my mistake of the week? Um, 
guess like quick mistake. I mean, my mom got, or I don't know if she got drunk, but I did. I got a little bit drunk and we like got into an argument, which did not last long and it was fine. But I like got on an emotional, like verbal feedback loop mm-hmm. of like venting about the same thing and like could not stop myself. And this is something I like used to do with my family where I would like get like really obsessive over like one thing that was pissing me off and then would be like, but why are you still talking about that? It was years ago. And Mm -hmm. we like got into a bit of an argument about that, but it was fine. We like didn't go to bed mad at each other or anything. So it was cool. Um, And my hot take is being a brick. (laughs) It's not just a physical attribution. It is a state of mind trannies Let me get into it. I had all these fucking brick-ass trannies coming at me today on Twitter because last night I tweeted that being... It was along the lines of uh, calling myself a transsexual is purely a stylistic choice. I think it sounds way chicer than transgender. When I think... When I hear the word transsexual, I imagine, like, a coked-out doll from the 1970s with a full face of makeup on. When I hear transgender, I think of Charlotte Clymer. Anyway, (laughs) this, like, one trans girl who was following me, who I soft-blocked and then blocked-blocked because she's a cunt, retweeted it and was like... Yeah, well, sorry, but like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna identify with the word that is gonna give me a, uh, like a shooting chance of living past 40. So I guess she was saying that like calling herself transgender means that she'll live past 40, which is funny to me because I didn't realize that like when men kill trans women, they like ask. <laughs> Which, Which word, word they you? identify with. Also, it was like even funnier because I'm like, you are a white trans woman. Um, so actually that statistic does not apply to you. Also, that statistic is not real. We have come to find out that trans women are dying at 35 to 40 years old. That is not a true statistic. And again, even when it is real, it's not affecting a fucking bricky white trans woman on Twitter. So, but it started like a discourse war with a few <laughs> trans women. Um and then she called me, you know, I got called a trans med, which for anyone who doesn't live on Twitter, good for you. Trans med means a trans medicalist. So like a trans person who believes that a binary trans person who believes that you're not really trans unless you have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria and you medically transition. And then she called me a trans edgelord and said that I'm constantly punching down at trans people on my Twitter. Um and I was like, girly, if you feel all these things, why have you been following me for like a year? Also, I don't punch down on trans people. If you feel like I'm <laughs> punching down, like if the shoe fits, wear it, I guess. Um, it's just, it's really funny in these situations to see how much hatred there is for conventionally hot binary trans girls. It's like they all want to love us until they get pissed at us and then their true feelings come out. And as I told her, keep making your bad porn and also go get bangs, girly. Like, if you want to be hot, (laughs) fix that hairline. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just, it's wild. Um, So, yeah, she got mad at me because I said, I said, every time I post about, every time I post something about my individual experience with being trans, this is what my mentions looks like. And it was a picture of a brick. And... She was like, you're transphobic for calling me a brick. And I was like, well, darling, brick is a state of mind, okay? It's not how you look. If you're a cunt, you're a brick. 
that's all. And if you're going to start a discourse war, because I use the word transsexual, sorry. I don't know yeah. what to say. I mean, it's the the crux of the situation is like, it's um, how one person decides to like, identify or call themselves does not like impact an entire group and it what impacts an entire group more is trying to like tell other people how to identify within that group so it's just like yeah it's like i'm not a spokesperson also it's like you know i love when people mention the trans community when it's convenient i'm like i'm sorry i i don't know what the trans community is darling like i have my friends some of who are trans and some of whom are cis, some of whom are straight. <gasps> oh my God. No. Um, so it's like, I'm sorry. I don't have any like queer trans, like, no, I'm not 14. Like I have yeah. my friends and that's all. That's my community. So I'm not here to be a community spokesperson every time a trans girl on Twitter, and it's always a white trans girl. And that's why I'm like being so aggressive with what I'm saying. And I like will not take it back because it's always like a 34 year old to like 45 year old trans woman who like has an okay job, makes more money than I do and just gets (laughs) mad because their anger is cloaked in jealousy that like they perceive me because I'm conventionally attractive as having like more than they do. And I'm like, that's like, that's fine. You can feel that way, but it's just simply not the case. And it doesn't take away from everything I experience as a trans woman. Also, it's like not an oppression Olympics. So just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, did you really transition to police other trans women all the time? I know I didn't do whatever you want. So that's my hot take. We love it. We love, uh, fuck the, community hot take <laughs> seriously it's not, it's not our first and it won't be the last okay no, there's no not. community <laughs> no at all uh, in my opinion. yeah queer trans or otherwise um your community is the people that surround you baby girl yeah. <laughs> and by baby girl i mean kind of anybody um <laughs> that might need to hear that message Yes. The gender neutral term. Um, well, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, I mean, it's, it is so frustrating to log on to twitter.com and you know, that, that could be the end of the sentence. Honestly, it is so frustrating to log on to twitter.com, but sure. it's really frustrating to repeatedly see members of a marginalized group be held to some standard of having to speak for the entire group um when members of like the whatever the mainstream or the like majority are never asked to speak for each other in that way like you never see a cis woman talk about well i mean obviously people are shitty kind of no matter what but when a cis woman talks about something to do with her womanhood it's very rarely called into question that she's like speaking for all cis women you know it's usually yeah. just like taken at face value as this one person's experience um that being said women in general are also held to a standard of like speaking for each other and like you know women as a whole are also marginalized don't get me wrong and they have their own bullshit to like put up with but there is a stark contrast between the way 
trans women talk about womanhood and are asked to kind of speak for all trans women and the way cis women speak about like their personal experience with womanhood. And it's like, Oh my God. Yes. Bestie. (laughs) Yeah. Feminism, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like Um, exhausting. It's like, I'm, and I'm like the last, if you're looking for someone to like speak about the trans community on a, as a whole, don't look to me. I'm like a random white tranny who like (laughs) has so many layers of privilege. Like, I would never purport to speak for the community and I don't want to like Mm -hmm. at all. So fuck off. Yep. I feel you. You and I both did the podcast, uh, private parts unknown last year and it came out this year. And, um, my dad, maybe this is my keepsake actually. I'll just launch right into my keepsake. My dad found that podcast and it's not that my dad didn't know what I did, I just don't think he like really knew what it meant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, my mom and I have talked a lot, um, directly, like explicitly about what it is that I do for a living. My brother like makes fun of it and pokes jokes about like me being like a quote unquote, like cam girl. Like that's how he and I communicate with each other is through like jabs and, you Uh know, it's not that he was making fun of me for doing that. No, it's more like he would it. make fun of the fact that his sister is a cam girl, you know? Yeah. Um, and like my brother's girlfriend and I have talked about it and I just, I just have never spoken directly to my dad about it. Um, but I haven't hid it from him either. So he found, of course, this is how he found it, by the way, he wanted to listen to our episode about DMT. Uh-huh. And so he just typed in my name on Google, oh, I guess. That's so funny. And like all that came up, like, I, like, that's not how podcasts <laughs> work. And so I one of the first that. things that came up was a podcast. And he thought, I guess maybe that it was this one. I don't know. I like, it was in relation to trying to find this podcast that he found my episode of Private Parts Unknown. Shout out, <laughs> great podcast. And he listened to it on a car ride on the way to a Mother's Day dinner with his wife and her <laughs> oh my kids. God. Um, and wait, like they had, were in the car? No, she, they, they were like she, she and my dad listened to it on the way to meet up with her kids for dinner. Okay. So her her sons, they're not children. First of all, they're they are just her children. Yeah, like they're adults. So even if they were in the car, it wouldn't have been like totally inappropriate. But it would have been weird. It would have been strange if just like five adults in my family sat in a car together listening to an, a podcast about me talking about. Only fans. <laughs> so yeah. I am glad it was just my dad and his wife, but I'm also like, that's still so funny and uncomfortable um, to think about. Like, my mom listens to this podcast, and that's one thing because I know she listens to it. So I like don't think about the podcast from the perspective of her listening to it in retrospect. Like, I know it in the moment that she listens to it. So I like, you know, anything I say, it's because I'm comfortable knowing my mom hears it. And obviously, I treat every podcast with that a little bit because it's obvious anybody can find any podcast. So it's not like I went on that podcast thinking my parents are never going to hear this. But a little part of me was like, it's pretty unlikely that they'll hear it. Yeah. So it is just weird <laughs> to know that my dad, who I like don't talk to directly about my job, Listen to that podcast in full, which I'm like pretty candid on about what I do on OnlyFans. 
And anyway, my keepsake is that he sent me a photo of like the screen, like the Bluetooth screen on his car that says the name of the podcast. It Uh says private parts unknown comedians of only fans colon Anya Volts. (laughs) And uh, his message with it said, I am so proud of you. My little sex worker, LOL. You are a mover and a shaker. I really am so proud of you. (laughs) So cute. I love that. (laughs) Which is so cute and so funny. Um, Next, coming from My Little Pony. Next up is My Little Sex Worker. Um, <laughs> is your daughter on OnlyFans? Um, anyway, obviously, this is a keepsake for a bunch of reasons. It is very, very rare to do sex work and for your family to like truly not give a fuck. Yeah, we've both <laughs> been very lucky. And we both have lucked the frick out with that. Um, and we both have known that, but I think yeah. you and I both very recently have had um, an explicit communication from our family that they don't care. And that yeah. has been really, like, honestly, profound in a way where I, I hesitated to share this. Like, I shared the screenshot of this on Twitter. And at first, I, like, hes- hesitated to do so because I don't want anybody whose family is not supportive to feel, like, triggered by the fact that there are families that are supportive but I also, I found, first of all, after posting it, that people really responded positively and they were like, God, like, I wish my family was like that, but this is beautiful. Um, and so, it, you know, it occurred to me that something good happening to one member of a marginalized group doesn't take away from that not happening to the other members. In fact, it's kind of like hopeful for everybody because... Um, we so often just hear the story of like families disowning you and rejecting you and being disappointed in you that even if that is your experience, it like doesn't make you feel, it shouldn't at least make you feel worse that somebody else, there are families out there that don't do that. Um, because I think that's like such a huge symbol of like progress more than it is me trying to rub anybody's nose in their own misfortune. Um, yeah, I mean, Anyone who could have taken that was a fucking moron. So, and that's like the internet ruining people's brains. But. Right. Well, you know, I was hesitant at first to post it because of that. But, um, but I, I just, I also, I, I just want like, because there is such a like, especially with fathers specifically, there's such an expectation that like fathers are going to be like horrified by their daughters, like sexualities. Yeah. Um, it like was really important to me to just like show people that like that isn't the only way to be a father. <laughs> and yeah. my father my father is like, yeah, hell yeah, good for you. Fucking get that paper. Get that bread, get that head and leave, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like imagine if that's what my dad said. Um I'd be like, anyway, we need to talk about boundaries. <laughs> Truly. Um anyway, I just think it's really, really special and beautiful. And I'm so grateful um that that is my experience. And I do not take it for granted. And I want everyone out there to know that if your family is not feeling this type of way. Fuck them, you know? Fuck them. Fuck them. Literally, go fuck them. <laughs> go fuck them and film it. It'll make a <laughs> lot of money knowing knowing what this country's key search words are. Um, <laughs> but say, make sure you say step. 
It's really important for legal reasons to say step. Um, so that's my keepsake. My mistake this week. Um, my mistake this week was... Honestly, I had like a pretty chill, low-key week. Probably my mistake is that I have like let myself... Um, off the hook a little bit too much this week like there's some things that I just like like for example I still have not really unpacked from camping that's a good example of like which everyone we got back over a week ago so no I'm kidding by okay like over a week ago by 12 hours a week and 12 hours ago. I'm joking I never I once came back from a trip and didn't unpack for two months I mean, I like unpacked the the necessities, but there's just a bunch of like camping clothes that need to be washed and I just haven't done laundry yet since getting back. So I'm like, why would I take it out of my suitcase to then just go put put it in a laundry bag? Yeah. Um <laughs> But I'm going to I think I'm going to do laundry tonight, so that will be fixed. But kind of I think I would have felt better like I was in a huge depression hole this week because I miss our friends. And I miss you. I miss you too. And I just have been all up in my feelings. Um, and so I think doing the little things to make myself feel better, like like uh, doing my laundry and having like a nice clean room or like um, not letting my like to-do list pile up the way it has yeah. would probably have made me feel better sooner. But I feel better now. So like... It's a small mistake. It's not that big of a deal, but I am acknowledging that in the future, the next time I feel this way, I would like to be a little bit more on top of like proactively being on my own team. Yeah. No, setting myself up for success. I get that. That being said, I had a great week, so it's fine. Um, despite being depressed, I was able to see a lot of friends and, um, spend a lot of time with my dog. I missed her a lot. So like, you know, there were things that I was, I wasn't just not doing my errands. I was doing other things instead of them, but then I started to feel overwhelmed by how much I had to do Yeah. anyway. Um, my hot take, I had a hot take that I think I said to Pierce or something when we were hanging out. And I was like, that's my hot take in the making. And I made the classic mistake. This is another one of my mistakes that is every week. I didn't write it fucking down. What is wrong with me? I know I need to come with a hot take to this podcast. Don't come to class at all if you're not going to come prepared. I know. I know. Um, people, people are going to be mad at me for this one but that's okay. Um, just because of how much people already hate bisexuals. And the second we talk about being bisexual. Oh, oh well. <laughs> the well they're not they... real, darling. You gotta pick a team. Yeah, I mean, bisexuality is just a phase. And so far for me, it's been a phase of 25 years. But God, I am... And I am poor Ryan. Lord, Lord, please, baby Jesus, let me get out of this horrible phase. I hate it. God, adult Jesus and baby Jesus. We're praying (laughs) all of you. I'm bisexual in that I believe in adult Jesus and baby Jesus. Um, I'm bisexual um, in the sense that I love dick and cock. (laughs) I pray to adult and baby Jesus. I'm I'm bi. Um, Dick is what boys have. Cock is what girls have. Oh, I love the two genders, dick and cock. Um, <laughs> so my hot take, um, 
here's the thing, you know, there's a lot of, there's just all this constant chatter about how people don't want to date a bisexual because they think they'll cheat on them. Right. And they will. Um, and they will. <laughs> That's my hot take. No, my hot take, my hot take is, listen, if you're a bisexual and you want to be in a monogamous, monogamous relationship, that ain't none of the rest of our business. You can't okay? even say the word because it's so unnatural to say. Who went and did that? Who the fuck? went and did all that darling no. I, it ain't natural and it ain't right <laughs> um i here's my thing be monogamous if that's your truth but don't drag the rest of us into it being like monogamous people or bisexual people can and will be monogamous it's like I think that the majority like the the fear is real in that bisexual people <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to use the word majority, but the bisexual people in my life, from my anecdotal experience, yeah, baby, we don't want to be monogamous and we won't be monogamous. And if you don't want to date us, that's that's fine. But don't make it about how, oh, no, we can't do your kind of relationship. No, 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 honey. You can't do our Our kind of relationship. relationship. Amen, sister. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Say it louder for the people. I will. I will. I want my whole building to be knock, knock, knocking on my door saying, what did you just say? And I want people, when they listen to this episode, just tap, tap, tap in that foot on that front porch. Wait, get mad at us. Mm-hmm. Send us those mean tweets, darling. Cancel Oh, I'm us. waiting. I we want to go waiting. on Joe Rogan. You know what? I, I am waiting for your upset messages your emails your handwritten letters about why this is so problematic and not all bisexuals are gonna be that way yada 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 i can't wait to read that while i am getting absolutely spit roasted baby and if you're gonna do that darling just go ahead and write it on a blog or a website that drives traffic to our podcast <laughs> if you want to cancel to do it but i want to see those dollars if up. you're like, upset hell. at my non-monogamous bisexuality just write about it on, on HuffPo. This is a, a saucy episode. We're talking about bisexuals and transsexuals. We're going to take a <laughs> lot of people off this week, and I cannot wait. I really can't wait, though, because oh um, I'm really, like, I just spent so long being the kind of bisexual that was, like, defending us, being like, oh, my God, we can do it. We're not going to cheat on you. And I'm not going to cheat on you. If we're in a monogamous relationship, I'll just break up with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to cheat on you. What am I? Some kind of... (laughs) No, I'm the one who cheats on people because I'm not a true bisexual. I mean, my God, not yet. Well, kind of. I don't know where I fall on the scale. You're you're bisexual. You like dick and cock. We talked about this. I like those trans girls, but... (laughs) Trains? What are you talking about? Trains? My daughter came home. She said, Mama, they called me a train. (laughs) Trains-phobic? What are you you afraid of trains for? Train and the girl's bathroom before a few men sure but they weren't bothering no one <laughs> all these anti-trains laws 
What does everybody have against terrains? I'm sorry, when you use your afraid of terrains, they're, they're on, on a track. track. Just get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> just move, darling. They'll just keep going. I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> terrain sexual. What are you doing with a terrain? <laughs> yes, we will be taking these ladies all. on the road. Don't you worry, y'all. <laughs> If you hate these women, if you love these women, if you don't care about these women, don't worry. We're bringing them to you. Here's the thing about our um, Tennessee sisters, um, <laughs> our te- our Tennessee sisters, um, is that uh, on the pod, I'm I'm mostly going to just kind of shift right in and out of them seamlessly. <laughs> I'm going to, like I just did earlier, maybe combine it with a British accent, mix it up. But in person, it is the only way that I talk now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Much and- to my mother's chagrin, but... <laughs> My dog is like, who is this? Uh, (laughs) I can't come to the phone right now until you bring Anya back. Um, But she is dead and gone. We don't let Anya Nika back in Dollywood. We ain't ever seen him (laughs) I have not heard of Anya since the top of that weird ride. ride. (laughs) I haven't heard from Anya in 40 years. (laughs) We will have you know that we talked like this our entire five days of camping, four days, four nights, five days. Some people thought it was really funny. Others left early because of it. Um. (laughs) Well, I know that was not my recess because he would not stop talking to me in that accent. So I had to send the other person who left early. Even as he was packing up, telling us goodbye. And saying sorry. It was in that accent. It's like a dog with a bone in its mouth. Drop it. Drop it. <laughs> Drop it. Um, anyway, so that's my hot take is um, bisexuals, if you're going to date them, it's not about that shoehorning them into your monogamy. Um, it's all about, are, are you ready to come onto our level? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yes. Obviously, I'm not speaking for all bisexuals, I am. but... <laughs> but I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, monogamy is so sore last year. It's absolutely ridiculous. I just I think that monogamy <laughs> is completely unhealthy, but that's just my opinion. Um, those are three different accents, darling. Um, oh, and that's I'm I'm looking forward to um when we go to New England next month. Oh my god, don't uh, even get me started over here. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. Oh, on. The same friends that were subjected to <laughs> five days of our um southern accents are now gonna hear us slowly transform into our fathers. Oh my god, their fathers and their mothers and their aunts and everyone in <laughs> <laughs> and aunts who aren't their aunts and uncles who aren't their uncles. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to go to Vermont. Yeah. You know, I would say the fuck up of the week is the media um getting everyone all fucking freaked out about this rocket from China and saying we don't know where it's gonna land and then making it seem like it was going to land in New York City or New Jersey, it fucking landed in the goddamn ocean where we knew it was going <laughs> to land. I mean, that's what always happens with space debris. It falls into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I just think that level of fear-mongering 
coupled with, of course, because it was from China, we had to do our little anti-Chinese propaganda we love to do in this country. Um, yeah. 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 I would say for me personally, the fuck up of the week, this could have also been my hot take actually, but it's a fuck up of the week for sure. All of these pets that are being surrendered that people, oh, I know people adopted during COVID and now are getting rid of because COVID is over, quote unquote. I know. It's I'm absolutely furious, y'all. I mean, listen, I feel very strongly about pets in general so so much so that i do have a tattoo on my arm in a very visible place that says more neutered puppies so like (laughs) this isn't just like a little bit of like oh those poor dogs like i actually feel very very strongly that we are already in this culture of like treating these animals like they are purely for our own enjoyment and accessories and like for our own comfort and so I feel like people adopted all these dogs, specifically dogs, during COVID because they're like, oh, now I'm home all the time and I have time to take care of this dog. Not one person, it seems, actually took into account what's going to happen when the pandemic is over and if they actually have time for a dog. And to me, that is just like pinnacle human dog relationship bullshit where like you entered that union that holy union between man and man's best friend um strictly for your own comfort because quarantine was hard and lonely for you and now that that's over you're like well i'm done i love what you've done with your hair in the time (laughs) that we've (laughs) do you want to describe it everyone before we leave or um yeah so i took a bandana and then i kind of i like kind of rolled it up and then I like put it around my head as one would. And then I just took um, the rest of my hair <laughs> that was hanging down. And I just kind of um, wrapped it into both sides in the back of the bandana. Kind of the way that like a Nordic Viking girl would. Where they kind of braid <laughs> yes. their hair into their head. And honestly, it doesn't look great right now. But I could see it looking great. If it, you like... Yes. If I did it this way without a bandana on my head. And that's why I was kind of workshopping as we were talking because I have, <laughs> You're kind of working on something. Because Anya yeah. has ADHD and I have ADD. Um, and <laughs> I cannot pay attention to one task for too long. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I would say that this look is kind of one that um, if you're watching a post-apocalyptic film <laughs> yes. and somebody with that hairdo comes on screen, it's like, uh-oh, she's, she's going to eat everybody. She's going to kill and eat you. Nobody who has time to do their hair like that during the apocalypse is to be trusted. This is you more- are waking up. <laughs> you're waking up early <laughs> to French braid your hair, darling. Like, don't you have to make the fire trusted. for your whole fucking camp out? Like what? Oh, this is just because my hair is getting too long. I need to cut it. Yeah, I feel you. I do not like the length. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, get into Raven slash slash Sarah slash Petra. Get into it. Get into it. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Raven slash Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Um, Hi. <laughs> we're so excited to have our very first meme on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, so first of all, thank you so much for doing it. Can we talk about the dominatrix thing uh, oh, yeah. before we get too into this? Yeah, Okay, for sure. cool. All right, cool. Because you only did two of my three names, so I wanted to oh, make yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I wasn't sure if... I, I just yeah. didn't want to cross that uh, if you didn't want to, you know? but Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, that... I kind of gave up that um, boundary back in January, so at this point... Like, it's kind of freeing almost yeah. in a way. So I really don't mind if it comes up because, like, it's probably going to come up somehow. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we're two um, online sex workers who have revealed our identities as well to the world. So Yeah, there's no going back from that one. <laughs> so we get it. It is liberating to not have, like, that secret, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, still kind of weird. yeah. I think just a little bit because um, as a very private person, I did kind of enjoy like that little bit of anonymity. And now I kind of feel like I don't have as much at all. But yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I get that. I think Nika and I are both like chronic over sharers. So we didn't Mm-hmm. really care that much I mean there was it was oops, sorry that was my phone oops um it, there was a hump to get over for sure but once the cat's out of the bag it's whatever yeah I agree I get it though because I mean I'm like she just said we're both chronic overshares but that was the one thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to keep private not because it was shameful but just because I yeah. was like oh I have something that I could keep private if I wanted um mm-hmm. but uh, for me, at least, I couldn't really because I don't have like I started OnlyFans pretty much when I had started sex work. So I didn't have enough people built up to make it a private mm. thing. But I get mm. it. Yeah. yeah. Was the boundary just that you weren't telling anyone? Um. Well, I mean, about what? About uh, being this a, is going to be I'm going to ask for so much clarification during this because like. Having three personas. That I'm yeah, yeah, about. true. I only, I um, I wasn't fully aware that you had the three. So, um, yeah. For, oh, for clarification, yeah. Um, was the boundary not telling people that you were a dominatrix? That's what you do. Um, sort of. I mean, I think the biggest one was that um, I didn't. I only came out about Raven because I was worried about being doxxed. And so the boundary there for me was more about like, okay, well, it's already out there that Raven is Sarah. And because the internet has put together that Raven is also Petra, it's going to be really easy for people to connect that Raven is Petra is Sarah. (laughs) And um, as a sex worker, that was just a little... A little concerning for me, but I think um, in addition to various, like, internalized stigmas um, about being a sex worker, I think that um, a lot of the desire for me to keep everything private came from the way that 
the Raven experience had kind of been cemented in my head as this really um, not good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was worried initially that if people made the connection that Raven is Petra, then, and then, you know, sex workers are easy targets, right? Mm -hmm, And so I was worried that um, by coming out, I would be subjecting Petra to a lot of harassment from uh yeah like anti anti sex work folks and um or just you know people who wanted to harass like grown up raven or whatever yeah, yeah. and um then because that link was already made mm-hmm. between raven as sarah then <laughs> it would turn into like this weird thing with everything mixing and like basically i just um thought it would ultimately be bad for business and potentially dangerous for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And just to clarify for the listener, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but Raven was your name in these YouTube videos that were viral for the last decade. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Petra is your sex work name and Sarah is your name. (laughs) Just Just to clarify who all these characters are that we're talking about. Um, yeah. So, so what's interesting, because you did ask us to clarify which identity uh, Nico was talking about when she said you wanted mm-hmm. to keep it a secret. You were also yeah. keeping Raven a secret all this time um, and recently yeah. came out about it. And so what mm-hmm. was your like thought process for the last um, over a decade of not claiming... Raven. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like, there were two things that were definitely going into it. Um, first of all, uh, aside from the whole like traumatizing cyberbullying thing. <laughs> right. um, so uh, Tara, my co-star in the videos, is my younger sister. And we both just loved watching the internet try to figure out who we were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because we both had a bad time on YouTube, um, <laughs> we kind of decided later on, as we saw the videos start to pick up popularity and pick up action or whatever, uh, pick up views, um, was that we didn't really want to come out about it because we didn't want to subject ourselves to that same harassment. But there was this whole, like online manhunt going on for what happened to Raven and Tara like mm-hmm. what happened to what happened to these goth kids or whatever and um we saw so many people trying so so hard to figure out what happened to us and every time they guessed something they were so so wrong <laughs> like okay one of one of my favorite examples is that um so Tara and I did an interview in 2014 where we used our real first names and we admitted that you know, the videos were troll videos and that we didn't write My Immortal, the Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah, that everyone thought you wrote. Our videos only got popular because people thought we wrote this fan fiction. That's so funny. Um, it's such a weird, weird story. So um, 
So there's already this article that's out there, right, saying that Raven's real name is Sarah. But on YouTube, somebody put together this video that starts with a screenshot of that article specifically saying, my name is Sarah. And then he proceeds to list three different social media accounts of of women who he thinks Raven turned into, all whose first names were Ravens. <laughs> oh like, he started the video saying, according to this interview, Raven's real name is Sarah. Now <laughs> let me pull up three social media accounts of people whose real, like, first name is Raven. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, we loved keeping that mystery alive, <laughs> and we loved the idea of just, like, disappearing and keeping everything just this really, really weird mystery. Um, so we, we just kind of agreed that like we were going to do whatever it took to keep things a secret for as long as possible. So, um, this meant that we had, uh, like unofficial rules about who we could tell mm -hmm. and you know if somebody approached us asking about the videos you know how well we knew them or how long we had known them would kind of dictate yeah so how many said. people how many people before you came out and said hey it's me how many people knew um hard. I want to say, I mean, like a handful, but it's, it's something that some of my friends have known about for a really, really long time. But then it's also one of these things where, you know, somebody might send me the link, uh, and be like, Hey, is this you? And, you know, we've known each other for like 10 years and it just has never come up. And then I'll right. be like, oh, yeah, that is me. Um, so I don't but know. Did, did, um, did you then like swear those people to secrecy? Yeah, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's so funny. Yeah, it would kind of explain the situation just a little bit and say um, just, yeah, just kind of emphasize that it was really important um, that we did keep the mystery alive. Also, because of the whole sex worker thing, I think people were a little bit more um, empathetic there. But, totally. uh, yeah, I remember um, after coming out at the very beginning of January, I texted a bunch of people and was like, hey, you can talk about it now. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm out already. I outed myself. So. That's so funny. It's like, it reminds me of, like, the navigating, like, disclosing to people um, whether or not you're trans and like having the conversation that I had to have with people in my life, like you knew me before, but like, don't tell anyone. Like when I was trying to mm -hmm. not tell anyone for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird, overwhelming, but exciting, um, I think, process, like revealing anything mm -hmm. that personal about yourself years after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that journey of being low-key ashamed for something that you're not actually ashamed of and you're proud of it. You just don't really want to share it yet. Yeah. And then suddenly deciding to share it. The like, just that weight being gone mm -hmm. is a um, really unique feeling. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad that you have been able to experience this. Yeah. And congrats on uh, life uh, on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a... It's been a mind fuck for sure. <laughs> well, so right. I, I interviewed you for Riot Fest's magazine. That's how you and I like yeah. met. Um, mm-hmm. And that was back when you had just come out and started talking about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So if anyone wants to hear, like, you know, the those details, head on over to that interview. But what has happened since then and in your life as, like, being out about being Raven, Petra, and Sarah? So, um, a lot, but it also seems like not very much at all. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time just trying to um, settle into everything because mm-hmm. since I was, I, I only came out because I was worried about being doxxed, I definitely was not expecting this kind of response. And so mentally, I had prepared myself for this to be a really scary thing for a while. And I had expected that when I would come out, I would be faced with the same, yeah, yeah, the same type of hatred, basically. And so, um, the same type of hatred as ex- what you received oh, yeah. back then. Uh, on uh, the yeah, the early days of YouTube. I say early days, but like really, the harassment lasted until easily like 2018. So, wow. uh, Jesus so like a um, full ten years of harassment from that. Video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Right. I was I was expecting to come out and just have all of that kind of like amped back up. And um, the fact that I came out because I felt so desperate because it was totally a power grab on my end. Uh, what ended up happening was um, people started making the link that like Raven looked like a baby version of Petra. I had purposefully made my character Raven considerably younger than I was at the time. It made it really easy for me then to deny it and to say like, oh my God, I know it. So whenever somebody slid into my Petra DMs with a Raven link asking, you know, hey, mistress, or like, hey, Petra, is this you? I'd be able to say, oh my God, you know, I totally see the resemblance. I've seen these videos. They're great. But the truth is, I was in college before they even started high school. I'm too old. And so that kind of, um, that kind of was a plausible deniability. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And that was usually enough to like put everything to rest. Right. And, um, that was kind of my strategy for a few years. As soon as like people started somehow making the connections, Mm -hmm. But in 2020, with the rise of TikTok, um, more videos about like, oh, Raven, the acid bath princess of the darkness is a dominatrix named Petra now. Like more videos like that kept popping up. And it instead of getting maybe like one DM every six months or something, like maybe it was the norm in 2018, I was getting way more and um 
in about September of 2020, I think like a little mini Raven is Petra TikTok had uh, gone like it had gotten popular, but not like crazy popular. Uh, so I started to notice a lot more like traffic and DMs from that. And um, I remember that feeling of like, okay, this might not be in my control anymore. Mm -hmm. Or if it is in my control, this plausible deniability thing, um, I'm not going to be able to keep it up much longer. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember talking with my sister about it and saying like, "Uh, you know, I I know we don't really want to do this, but I really feel like I have to. And she was like, no, like, whatever. So I didn't end up coming out then. And then, um, in December of 2020, like right before the, um, new year, uh, one of the, I no, I guess the most popular video that my sister and I had filmed, uh, the one that became a meme was, um, all about, uh, the 2009 new year. And so usually like every year around new year's, it goes viral and people keep posting it and everything. So because it was the end of December and the new year was right around the corner, I think that just kind of intensified the manhunt for like what happened to these people. Mm-hmm. So um, something ended up getting posted to TikTok on like December 28th or something. And then all of a sudden my Petra accounts were blowing the fuck up in ways that they never had before. And just like so many new followers and people were leaving all of these comments under my, my photos and shit, um, asking if I was Raven or if I was Tara or all of these things. And, um, it was really overwhelming because there was so much fervor there. There was so much, um, just like passionate curiosity, I guess. Uh And, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was really intimidating because since there were so many people that had, you know, seen the TikTok and then seen the resemblance or whatever, I couldn't deny it anymore. And yeah. so, um, I realized that like, if I wanted to regain any control of the situation, I had to dox myself basically <laughs> so that that option was no longer available for someone else. Um, so all of that out of the way to, uh, decide to come out because I was so anxious and so worried that not coming out would lead to really bad things. And because I had just assumed that, you know, likewise coming out would lead to bad things. They would just maybe pass a little bit faster than like lifelong implications of getting doxxed as a sex worker. Um, so yeah, I, I was just super anxious. And so to put something out there that I was really, really scared about sharing and that I really only shared in this really strange act of desperation for it to be met with so much love and excitement. I I had no idea because like, I stopped paying attention to the comments a long time ago because, I mean, um, I was tired of watching people or, like, reading people say that, you know, I was 
uh, I was fat, I was ugly, I should go kill myself or cut myself or something. Um, right. I got tired of that. So, As one would. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I, I had no idea that something that I was so proud of, but that I thought was hated by everyone else was actually like really popular and really beloved with a lot of people. That was really, really weird. Um, I cried a lot like the, mm. in January because it was a lot to come to terms with. Yeah. Um, you had like a real life yeah. uh, Hannah Montana situation. <laughs> Like, yeah, living this double life and feeling all this pressure to keep it secret. But then, like, you know, coming out about it was actually fine. Ultimately, you know, obviously yeah. uh, <laughs> very different because Hannah Montana, neither version of her was like met with um, vitriol. But that's also because she was fictional on a children's <laughs> TV show. It's also like yeah. so. Um, it's so like interesting and fun having you here and getting to hear about this because, like mm-hmm. in my memory, I remember that video growing up and it was always really funny. But like that was my only. That's all I have to say about it is they're hilarious videos. I can't believe the amount of vitriol <laughs> that has come or that did come for ten years. I mean, I don't, the fact that you were able to deal with that and that you're here and you've been able to reclaim it, like, good on you. Like, that's very, very admirable because I don't know how one deals with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really even know where to start with that because, like, I have a lot of feelings and I have a lot of thoughts about why my big reveal went over like it did. Mm -hmm. Um, And lots of thoughts about why, for whatever reason, the videos were um, not like overnight comedic sensations. Like I, at the time had really hoped they would be. Uh, but I mean, they were though, they were comedic sensations. They were. Yeah. Yeah. It just took a really long time. And there was (laughs) like a lot of, um, a lot of shit that came with it that I didn't necessarily sign up for. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that was, you know, like in hindsight was, um, something that I, I don't know like how I'm trying to phrase this thing right now, but what I'm getting at is that um, when I, so whenever I did put the videos up there and I did start getting those comments, I knew that I would be on the receiving end of negativity, but I knew that because I made these videos to troll people to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So like I I wanted some kind of negativity, but the negativity that I was looking for was more like more comments like you're not goth, you listen to Simple Plan or I can't believe you call yourself goth yet you're in this bedroom that has like a peace sign poster and blue polka dots on the walls and if you're so goth then why aren't you wearing black and like right. stuff like that, right? right. But um we, we did we did get a decent amount of that, but we also got a lot of comments that were 
directed to our characters on a very personal level. And so um, it's totally different. It's a totally different experience to put your work out there and have someone criticize the work itself versus someone criticize the creator. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that anybody who's a content creator or an artist or anything of that nature knows that you're never going to be able to please everyone. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, (sighs) posting your shit is going to open you up to a lot of hate from somebody Mm -hmm. and a lot of criticism from somebody. But, um, I was, yeah, I was, I was just expecting things to be a little bit more, um, focused on the, the very small details that I had been very like focused on making sure were a thing. Uh, but instead being told, um, yeah, like all of this really awful stuff about how like you know, we should have been aborted or like, um, they hope our whole family gets cancer and dies or like, um, there's even, there's this really weird comment that I found from probably, it was either 2017 or 2018. Um, the screenshot I have from YouTube says three years ago, but who knows, you know, how that works. (laughs) Um, but the comment was somebody, basically implying that they were going to rape and murder me. Oh my God. Like they never said it outright, but it was, it wasn't like a, I'm going to rape and murder you thing, but it was, it was like a, um, the way that it was worded and the way that it was, it was phrased, I guess hinged upon this joke or something that, this person was trying to lure my character into a van. And then it says like, I'm not a raper, you know, and then mm-hmm. it's, I'm not a raper. I'm not a murderer. I'm just a, I'm just a clown or something dumb like that. Right. So, I mean, mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you, like you pretty much typed out rapist and murderer. Yeah. So, and the psychotic yeah, thing is that um, I feel like we, what we know about YouTube <laughs> and like YouTube vitriol, at least I feel like we know is that it's always what makes it even more fucked up is that it's always coming from like adults. So I'm just like thinking about how many of these people yeah. were probably like fully yeah. formed 20 something year olds who oh like grew up watching these videos. Yes. That's like. Uh, absolutely. That one. That one makes me so mad um, because. So, yeah, you know, we got we got all the comments saying that, like, we should kill ourselves and we should cut ourselves, whatever. Um, But then we also had comments every now and again from people who were very overtly sexualizing us Mm. and whether they were doing it like as a joke or whatever. um, It is uh, in in the YouTube comments section, um, my character Raven was usually referred to as the ugly one. And, uh, my sister Tara, um, Tara is the character name, by the way. Uh, my sister does not want to come forward. Um, so, uh, 
she asks that she be referred to by her character name. For sure. Um, yeah, so Raven was the ugly one, and Tara was the was the hot one. And um, so most of the sexualized comments were directed towards Tara. But every now and again, there would be one that was like, ooh, Raven, hot AF, or, you know, whatever. And mm. so usually, because, because Raven was usually the ugly one, I just kind of assumed that, like, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> but... It's so disgusting because your characters are supposed to be like 13, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I was, I was Raven from 17 through 19. And even though I was technically a legal adult for most of the videos and some of them, I'm still a minor too. And Tara's younger than me. And, um, we have a few videos out there with uh, a friend, Azer, and Azer is younger than me too. And so it's just really, really gross yeah. um, to know that, sure, you know, I may have been technically a legal adult, but I sure as shit looked like I was 13 or younger. And and behaving as a 13-year-old, too. Like, exhibiting very childish, adolescent behavior that is not supposed to, like, welcome sexual attention. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just really, like... It was just gross on so many levels because, like... Who the fuck says that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who the fuck? First of all, uh, sorry. I get really heated. No, don't apologize. Um, we love it. Yeah, one please. of the things that uh, really bothers me is that, um, sure, I, I kind of had this mental buffer in place already because going into it, I was, I was trolling, right? So I was doing things to get a negative reaction from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the videos were characters, it was, it was kind of easier for me to make that separation in terms of like, okay, um, sure, they're saying some fucked up shit, but at least they're saying fucked up shit to some characters. But then you think about it, and you're like, okay, so they don't know that they're characters. What kind of fucked up shit are they actually saying to actual young people who are actually putting their vulnerable, like, their vulnerability out there? Yeah. How, and it just makes me so mad that... If my sister and I were subjected to this kind of shit and we were just playing, what kind of really traumatizing stuff has happened to people who were genuinely vulnerable on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess like social media. You had a very intense, scary. Um, hurtful experience and you had like even though you went into it as mostly an adult or at least an almost Mm -hmm. adult at the beginning and Mm -hmm. um, and you it wasn't really you you were joking and still this shit like hurt your feelings and was scary to you so like without those without those benefits of being a, a grown person and 
it not really being you they're talking about. It's like unimaginable what some of these people have been put through because people go viral for sincere shit all the time. Yeah. And you guys mm-hmm. went viral because people thought it was sincere that, you know, that's yeah. what trolling is. <laughs> um, and so like, there's a lot of people kind of with similar viral videos where people are cringing at them and being like, Oh my God, like this is so embarrassing. But that person like put that out there and in earnest. And that's just really traumatizing to think about. And I don't, I don't necessarily get the whole obsession with people telling others that they're being cringe because like (laughs) one who the fuck cares? And (laughs) also I kind of think that like, sure. You might think that someone's being cringe, but that's just like cringe for you because you'd be embarrassed if you did that. Yeah. 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 So like, it's, it's weird. Looking, looking (laughs) back at it, like, you know, looking back at all of the trauma that came from it and the the cyberbullying, et cetera. Um, Like, do you do you feel like you're able to separate the like love that you had for that character that you created from all of this? Like, is it something that you looking back, you regret making that or no, never good? No, I, I, and I never regretted making those the videos at all, Um, even like in the heyday of YouTube hatred or whatever. Um, I never regretted it at all because I always thought that they were great. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I always thought that they were really funny and, and they were, I wasn't yeah, embarrassed were. by it. <laughs> yeah. I like, I wasn't embarrassed by it at all. To me, it was just one of those things where like I tried to tell a joke and no one really got it. So I stopped telling the joke, but I still thought the joke was funny. So yeah. You know. Yeah. It's yeah, so crazy. I relate I to that. I feel like if those videos came out now, like, I mean, they popped off then, but I feel like if they came out now, they would pop off even more. It would be like, it would like become like a, mm-hmm. a series. Like I mean, someone would, would pick it up. They would get mm-hmm. the like pen 15. Yeah. I feel like, like it's so crazy. Would be like, oh, what a genius caricature so cool. of adolescence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it, I was the age that you guys were pretending to be yeah. when those came out. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, you know, I couldn't tell for sure if you were kidding um, because I knew people like that. But I like yeah. and I was also that kind Same. of kid. Like I like was yeah. kind of a yeah. poser emo goth. But yeah. but I had a sense of humor. And I remember my friends and I like dying, laughing at these videos being like, OMG, this is us, you know, like mm-hmm. in a like self-aware kind of just celebrating yeah. our own cringeness in a way. Cringe representation mm-hmm. matters. But we're also not, we weren't the people, yeah, cringe (laughs) representation. You know, that was my first time seeing myself represented in media. So I want to thank you for that. Um, But like, you know, people who like loved those videos in that way were also probably Mm -hmm. not the kind of people to then comment that love or tell you about it. So it is funny. Yeah. 
it is funny that you kind of like didn't even know how beloved these videos really were until you came forward. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. it makes sense. That's the nature of the internet. People don't really comment. I love this. They yeah. just send it to their friends mm-hmm. and then in the group chat say they love it. You know, like mm-hmm. it's only fucking loser, unhappy pieces of shit that comment things yeah. on YouTube and they never yeah, have something yeah. nice to say. Um, and so, I, you know, I have never gone viral in that way. Uh, and I kind of pray to God I never do. Um, but at least if I do now, I will at least be an adult, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I have go. had I've gone viral in smaller ways uh-huh. on like Twitter and Tumblr and stuff. And um, that has been the exclusive experience is no matter how well received the, the item technically is like, even if you can tell mm-hmm. people like it, the actual verbal uh, reactions that you're getting in your DMs and in the comments are exclusively negative. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like people yeah. only respond to you or reach out to you if they want you to kill yourself. That is the rule of the right. Internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just a shame, you know, that it went all this time. Like, I'm glad that you kept in your heart that you loved it and that you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a shame that you didn't really know the full extent to which it was like iconic to people until you came out. <laughs> but so I'm glad you came out because you deserve to know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's been that's that's been that's been really cool. Um, you brought up something that I wanted to mention that I don't, I don't think I've gone into yet, but, um, before I came out every now and again, there would be somebody in the comments saying, I think this is a troll, you guys, or something of that nature. And then, you know, there'd be this whole argument about like, oh my God, are they trolling? Mm -hmm. You know, what? Um, And a really popular argument against why we were not trolling was because we were too genuine and it was just too good. And... um, so, so like, I, I, I okay, wanted so to I'm mention talented. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, um, I wanted to mention that uh, Raven and Tara were based off of my own cringy um, emo slash small goth phase when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 or so. And um, it wasn't like I just flew in blind and decided I was going to start making fun of um, (laughs) small gods and stuff. Uh, I think so like all of that sincerity is, is there. And I think it's, it it was, it was so much more convincing because um, I was pretty much just taking my own behaviors that I remembered from that age and just like amplifying the fuck out of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. which is what I was going to tie this up somehow. Does. Yeah, that's like that is what that's, great artistry is, you know. Yeah. Like every celebrate, most celebrated, like movies, TV shows, um, music, like all of it is just based on your own life experiences, you know. So like you mm-hmm. did um, the YouTube trolling version of that, and it was met with the same kind of um, 
success technically i know it didn't feel successful in terms of the like the feedback you were getting in the comments but i mean it was objectively Mm -hmm. a success do you have any idea how many people post funny videos on youtube and it gets 300 views yeah you you ran so they could fly mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like um just objectively a hands-down successful troll so yeah we just simply mm-hmm. need you to know <laughs> how much of like a cultural millennial icon. Cultural reset. That and reset was. that was and still is. Yeah. Like it's just true artistry. It's ugh, ugh. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so Thank quick you. pivot. <laughs> now that we've yes. we've dove into, um, you know, the context of uh, uh. of what people might know you from and where you are now and all that. Um, so the, the podcast is about mistakes. Um, <laughs> I don't I mean, I think we all agree that was not a mistake doing that and making no. those videos. No. Yeah. Um, objectively, a, a good thing. Um, so we have this segment um, called Mistakes, Takes, keepsakes, keepsakes and, and Hot, hot takes. takes. Mistakes, Keepsakes and Hot Takes. Um, where every week we share a um, mistake we made that week, a keepsake we have from the week, like something that went well or something that we're proud of, and then a hot take, which is usually just something like a movie we thought was bad that everybody loved or, you know, some kind of opinion. Um, so we would love uh, to give you the floor for, and it can, the, all of the above can be very silly things. They usually are. Um, so this past week, uh, do you have a mistake, a keepsake, and a hot take you'd like to share with us? Um, in terms of mistakes, uh, I'm mostly thinking of embarrassing moments or like (laughs) almost mistakes um or then just like really boring stuff like I accidentally I was uh I was adding captions to this Raven Q&A video in in Premiere and I accidentally like dragged it just a hair and then I had to go back and yeah retime all of my captions again because everything was off um and it took a long time because that's usually what happens yeah yeah I'm (laughs) definitely yeah it was it was awful like that fucking video is gonna I've I've spent more time on that video that's gonna make me maybe like seven dollars in ad (laughs) revenue over the course of a year than I have on editing anything for work like I've never edited clips with this much scrutiny I have like I I have never (laughs) poured through my ads with this much of a fine tooth comb or whatever oh I totally relate Um, to that yeah that counts as a mistake this mm -hmm. week I've done something very similar where I've like tried to just edit out like a tiny clip from this podcast and accidentally like deleting half the episode or something and having to like re like re-upload the whole thing and find the area where it like cut off and you know like I've I've had to do that but I'm just trying to like take out someone's name that we put uh that we accidentally Mm -hmm. forgot to bleep out or something and it takes like four and a half hours and I'm like we're gonna make 50 cents off of this fucking episode so now we never bleep out names now we don't bleep out names you know So I get that. What about a keepsake that you have for this past week? Keepsake. Okay, so um, 
as as Petra, uh-huh. I I haven't really been working. Um, so I'm a professional dominatrix, mm-hmm. and um, pre-COVID, probably like seventy percent of my income was from in-person sessions. Uh, I'd always had like an online presence, but um, that's not where the money was for me ever. Right. Uh, so yeah, um, didn't worked very, very sporadically through, um, 2020 and, uh, just got back to the dungeon two days ago after not taking sessions for like five months. Oh, congrats. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's been really cool. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm still kind of on that, on that high from just feeling normal again yeah. and making money again. Love that. Good for you. That's a great and keepsake. I also love I mean, when people yeah. like straight up glow while they talk about um, yeah. the sex work that they do. I'm like, see, it can be good and empowering. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like truly glowing when you said that you're like, I'm back in the dungeon. <laughs> I am also wearing highlighter. Yes. <laughs> True. Oh, maybe there yeah. is that. <laughs> Um, no, just say you're glowing. <laughs> yeah, just say you're glowing. <laughs> and do you have a hot take? And once again, it does not have to be political or that yeah, severe. Yeah, it can be like lukewarm if you want. Yeah, okay. it can be a lukewarm um, take. The Indian food that I had last night <laughs> was the best Indian food I have had from that restaurant in months. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, good. Good. good it was them. great. Listener Mistakes. So I'm going to do a quick uh, listener mistake um, for us all to just react to. Um, I purposefully, somebody sent in a mistake what that uh, they did while on acid. And, you know, I know that's not the oh. acid bath you're referring to when you are the acid bath princess of the darkness. But not back then. Yeah, but it's uh, the same words. So I thought I'd save it for this episode. So this is actually awesome. from from one of my best friends. And um, <laughs> so she shared this story. Um, I took acid with my roommate at noon since we didn't have any more college classes that day and headed to a creek nearby to wade around in. I got my jean shorts soaking wet, but didn't notice because I was seeing all kinds of other interesting shapes and colors. Anyway, we wandered into town and went to the sushi place And it was a huge mistake because mirrors were a key part of their interior design. I was trying to eat my sweet potato roll when I noticed my film professor, and she was mean, like she made students cry in her office kind of mean, was eating at the next table over. I said hello really slowly and was like chewing and swallowing with effort with soaked jeans on. LOL, it was horrible. Um, And then she said, I don't remember how she reacted. I think... Uh, She was with her husband, but it was a chaste hello. (laughs) So that's our fun listener mistake that has to do with um, acid uh, that I saved because of your (laughs) one of your personas. Uh, Oh, my God. So is Sarah a fan of acid? Is that why we got that reaction from you? Raven's yes. a fan of Raven's a fan of acid yes. baths. Sarah's a fan of psychedelics. Acid. Same. I same. fucking love psychedelics, man. Oh yeah, same. Um, in a big way. In a big I, way. I've always been kind of weird about like talking about it because um, 
I guess mostly because, uh, or talking about it in any any way that could possibly be tied back to Petra, but it's out of the bag now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Petra loves drugs. <laughs> um, good. Drugs are fun and good if used yeah, for reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, most of the time that I do hallucinogens, I do them on my own for like, self-reflection shit i'm one of those people it's awful i know no i love that yeah i love that one of my friends makes fun of me though because she's like oh my god you're you're you know you're you're so boring it's so much more fun to do it the other way Um, (laughs) no it's really nice to do it but yeah god i i could not imagine running running into somebody that I knew while on acid. I mean, I guess it depends dirt, like what stage of the trip it is, you know, and like how strong the dosage was. There's so much information here that we're really missing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But God, no, I could could not not imagine act normal in front of you're like, hello. Yeah. Like one that, one that you were terrified of basically. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Fuck. That's a shout out though. There's nothing quite like, like a drug. Wow. Especially psychedelics mm-hmm. mistake. And also mirrors, being surrounded by mirrors in a sushi restaurant. That's just yeah. so much going on there. Um, so glad you're okay. That was from one of, yeah. my, one of my besties. <laughs> uh-huh. Um Okay, well do you have a did you have a mistake you wanted to talk about at all? Best mistake. I've known that I was going to be on this podcast for a while now, and it's been in the back of my mind, you know, like, do these things so that you have all of this ready. Yeah, and okay. uh, Yeah, this has been a fantastic interview regardless. Yeah, honestly. this is the first guest episode I've done where I was like, if we didn't talk about a mistake, it would still it would be, be a, a banger. great episode. Yeah. <laughs> but... I wanted to have a mistake. <laughs> like I right, really wanted one. to have yeah. a good mistake. Go make a mistake right now uh, and then tell us about it. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my backup mistake, okay. right? Um backup mistake. You know, I do have I have so many really fun like sex work related mistakes that are really fun to talk about, but um yeah, I mean, whatever you want how to talk to, about. How to how to choose? Uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just default to my my backup mistake because okay. um, it's 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 Raven related. Uh, <laughs> we love to. I still c- love circle back and stay on topic. <laughs> there we go. Um, I mean, it's gonna be a nightmare trying to edit this anyway. I'm sure. Oh like, no, no, not, not at, at all. all. Might as well try to make it a little easier. <laughs> um, Y'all are braver than I am. <laughs> I still really love arguing with people on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that maybe after, you know, 12 to 13 years of getting non-consensually shit on by people on the internet, I would have decided that, no, I don't like arguing with people on the internet mm-hmm. anymore. But um, I've taken... <laughs> It feels 
fills me with this very strange, like, uh, form of glee in a way to um, have somebody comment on like a Raven YouTube video mm-hmm. or maybe like a Raven Instagram post or something. And, you know, saying something like, uh, you know, this sucks. You're not funny anymore. This is old. Like we get it. You know, right. you can go away now, like whatever. And then for me to just reply with like, no. <laughs> uh, so there was there was somebody on uh, YouTube a while back who said that a while back, like a few days ago, um, who said that uh, they were unsubscribing from my channel because the videos that I've been posting lately, the introductions that I include are too long and. A little, a little bit of context. Most of the videos that I've been posting on the Raven YouTube channel right now are just like outtakes and deleted scenes and videos that we didn't post and shit from back in like 2007 through two, two, through 2009. And um, usually for those videos, I will do a little bit of an intro video explaining like the history of that thing and why we didn't share it um and i mean the people who are there for the raven content are totally like they're they're totally into it but um anyway somebody complained on this fucking like to, I think that the whole video itself was like no more than three minutes long. I think it was closer to like two and a half minutes. Uh, and the intro, I think the intro was like 50 seconds or something. And so they were, they were, they told me that they were, subscri- they were unsubscribing because my intros were way too long and they were annoying and you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I just wrote back and was like, probably butchering this whole interaction at this point right now, but I just wrote back and basically was like, okay, good. Bye. And then, you know, they wrote back and then I was like, Ooh, this gives me another chance to (laughs) write back. And it just went on and on. Dig at them. Yeah. It just, it, it went, it went on and on and I got so caught up in it that after like I got, I got caught up in it because I love arguing with people on the internet and we relate, you know, whatever. Like it wasn't, it wasn't phasing me. It wasn't like I was offended because they were unsubscribing. Um, I mean, I like realistically probably was offended just a tiny little bit. (laughs) Uh, but you know, I kept, I kept the, the dialogue going because I really didn't fucking care if they left and I wanted them to know that. And so, um, I did the back and forth thing for a while and then just kind of like took a break and then thought about it a while later, maybe a few days later. And it was kind of embarrassing in hindsight, (laughs) not necessarily, not, not embarrassing, but I just kind of realized that it was a mistake because, I wasted so much time trying to prove the point that I didn't care right. to yeah. someone. Yeah. That oh, even though I've I been there. Care. <laughs> yeah. 
anyone who's going to read that, that little comment thread or whatever is going to think that I did actually care mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And um, not that that really matters at this point because, like, fuck it, whatever. The Internet's going to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. But, um No, I mean, I had a very similar thing happen recently where I was getting like dunked on on this tweet that a bunch of people (laughs) disagreed with, which whatever. And I honestly didn't care that people disagreed with me, but I did care that a lot of them were disagree. They they thought they disagreed with me when we actually didn't disagree. They just like misunderstood me. And so I was I was spending a lot of time clarifying myself in the replies to people who had bad faith and were never going to like come around to seeing that we actually agreed anyway. And finally, I like, you know, did a reply where I was like, okay, I'm muting this now, like argue amongst yourselves or something. And then after Mm -hmm. I did that, um, one of the replies came to my attention anyway because a friend sent it to me because they were still kind of Mm. like enjoying how stupid Mm -hmm. some of the replies were. And so then I replied to that reply and then they replied being like, thought you muted this, LOL. And I remember my reply being like, you know what? Honestly, great point. (laughs) Like true, I did. And I'm now making a fool of myself because I'm still engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just Mm -hmm. like was, I like put my hands in the air and I was like, you're right. This was embarrassing of me to like keep doing this so now I'm really not reading the replies goodbye you know yeah Yeah, I I got it I used to love to argue with people on the internet and now I just block like Mm -hmm. you can you can literally Mm -hmm. tell me that the sky is blue when I said that it's gray out and I will block you yeah I'm like I'm I love the block Mm -hmm. button or I'll at least mute you (laughs) yeah not me I I know that the block button exists and that I should use it, <laughs> it but there is some so part good. of me that think I, I know, I know, but the, okay, hear me out. There's part of me that thinks that if I block them and they find out that they've been blocked, they're going to feel like they won. Yes. Oh, and I can't I, have that. And you know oh, what? See, you know what? I get that. I just don't care. I'm yeah. like, well, shut up. <laughs> I know how it feels for me when I get blocked by people that I was arguing with and I never think that I won. I am always like, It just makes me angry. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, but I wasn't done fighting with you. Yeah. Moral of the story. So, yeah, is that the moral of the story? Is, uh... (laughs) The internet is terrible, whether you block people or not. Absolutely. Whether you engage or not, whether you block people or not. The internet has a dark fucking (laughs) underbelly. The internet has a different plan. (laughs) The internet. Are your kids on it? It's more likely than you think. (laughs) Tune in to Best Mistakes. Yeah, so here's to none of us getting... um, doxxed or death threats again and that will probably happen to all of us anyway but yeah i know like we can enjoy the next three hours or whatever yeah yeah. (laughs) speaking of the internet being terrible um where can people find you (laughs) which part of me do they want to find which part of you do you want to be found that's the question yeah all the plugs okay so um, all the plugs. All right. Uh, this was another thing that I had really hoped to have uh, prepared for a little bit better. Um, <laughs> That's fine. You're perfectly so prepared. Things- <laughs> ah, yes. Um, 
one of the things that I've been really like stressed out about though, or that like it's been on my list for a long time is that I'm trying to come up with some sort of like full vanilla stage name for Mm. Sarah related stuff. And, um, my, the rest of my real name is like, just, it's not going to cut it. It is absolutely not going to cut it (laughs) for so many reasons. And sure. It would absolutely be the easy choice, but no, it, it, it cannot. Do you have, it cannot be a grandmother's maiden name that you really liked or something. I feel like that's a, Something that like Natalie Portman did that, for example, it was like her grandmother's maiden name was Portman. So she was like, that's, you know, it. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to use my like sex worker branding tips for this whole Sarah thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I want so uh, that's 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 a whole thing I could get into at some point. But um, no, it's not working for various... Those don't work for various reasons, whether it's either, like, the actual sound yeah. of the name doesn't make sense. Um, the one that a lot of people were really pushing me to do, it just... It doesn't... It sounds like a poet, and it sounds like a really pretentious poet. And... Wait, are you willing to share the one that people wanted you to do, even though you're not doing it? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, Sarah Morrison. And... Oh, that. no, that's great. Yeah, I'm, that's... Not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, poet because of the whole, like, Toni Morrison no, thing. No, but it sounds but like a good name. As a... It, it doesn't. It's. It doesn't feel like the right. I word. get it. Yeah. If it no, I get it. Like yeah. Yeah. it. And yeah. you, you're going to be called that yeah. over and over, so you want it to feel right. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, or at least like somewhat, somewhat right. But um, you've been stressed out about that for not not actively stressed. <laughs> I think it's probably like more of a passive yeah. thing because I keep giving myself deadlines and I keep missing them. Oh, so yeah. um, I wanted to have that. like. Sarah shit set up by this point, but I I definitely do not. Um, <laughs> if you do want to learn more about Raven, the acid bath princess of the darkness, and her sidekick Tara, you can <laughs> check out our original YouTube channel. Um, the username is xx bloody x kiss xx mm-hmm. and uh, very important to note that the second o in bloody is a zero okay. yes so it's uh like it's, XX it's a myspace zero. name yeah <laughs> yes absolutely total myspace name um but on tiktok and instagram and twitter and uh yeah my domain um raven is a poser so yeah, you can you can find Raven things there, and then if you want to learn more about my uh, dominatrix persona, Mistress Petra Hunter, you can go to petrahunter.com, or uh, I'm at Miss Petra Hunter on Twitter, and that's MS, not like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. M-I-S-S but um, Mistress was too long to fit there so uh, <laughs> M-S Petra Hunter and then um, M-S Petra Hunter underscore on Instagram because I've been deleted and Classic. fucked with my branding you've so, been uh, yeah. content yeah. police I've been zucked yeah. Ugh, yeah. you've been zucked god damn it why I order why I order <laughs> well this has been <laughs> lovely yeah, this has been truly my favorite 
guest episode to do so yeah, this far. Was so really fascinating. <laughs> and we could probably talk to you for hours, but we got to keep this, you know, friendly. But like, um, we so appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and come on the pod. And, um, yeah, we appreciate your, your candidness. It's been like just a, nothing but a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I am really excited that I got to do this. Yeah, I, us uh, too. Yeah. <laughs>